Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brad Ganyos with Bleacher Report to talk about pain day. How you doing, Brad? Good, man. How are you? I'm hanging in. What do you think of this uh, Seahawk job tonight in Santa Clara? They were getting their ass beat. Now, all of a sudden, they're up 21-10. They were down 10-zip, weren't they? Yeah, we keep wondering when the San Francisco 49ers team might kind of meet a moment that it isn't prepared for, right? They haven't really been here and done this. The only guy really on that roster that's you know, had any playoff success, not that this is even to that extent yet, is Richard Sherman. And so they're just very unfamiliar with a big game and a big spotlight in prime time. And they're not responding too well, at least in the second half or ever since that strong start. So first time they first some uh, faced some adversity this season and you do wonder if first of all if they can't hang on here or come back here how that might impact the way they approach the second half of the year and all of a sudden maybe the nfc becomes wide open again so they have all these games cardinals next packers after that both at home they have three in a row at home right now then they go to baltimore go to new orleans uh, they have the falcons and rams at home and at seattle to end the season on the 29th of december Frankly, uh, Brad, that schedule's brutal. That's why this game is so critical. That's why you got to win at home. Um, you know, when you're up against a Seahawks team that you probably are better than in terms of one to fifty-three on the roster, um, you got to go to Seattle later in the year. It's a heck of a lot harder there. That's that's you know a potential flex game. Week seventeen could decide the division. Um, you got to position yourself right now to get as much separation from a team like Seattle that's got that experience. It's got a Super Bowl winning head coach, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, the potential MVP at the quarterback position. And when you don't win games like this, and then as you just mentioned, you look at the schedule beyond this, you know, Arizona, not a walk in the park, but likely a win. Green Bay, at least you're at home, but then it's in Baltimore. The Ravens are a top three team in the NFL right now. It's in New Orleans, which, you know, they're likely to be underdogs for. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the Rams and then the Seahawks to finish the year after a potential, uh, um, you know, victory at home against Atlanta. There aren't many gimmies, you know, arguably Arizona, Atlanta, but even those could be tough. Um, you're still running into Matt Ryan. You're still running into Kyler Murray. Uh, it's going to be real difficult for them because, again, they kind of feel like the 2017 Rams and the 2018 Bears, those teams that were emerging but weren't quite ready for the spotlight yet. And we saw you know, L.A. go one and done in the playoffs two years ago under those circumstances. Chicago, same deal last year. You wonder if this is the exact same scenario with this 49ers team and that they need to go through somewhat of a rite of passage with, you know, you know, kind of some growing pains before they're ready to take that big next step in 2020. Brad, I, I got to ask you. So I know you don't care. But maybe you do. But the, the betters, I thought the betters got shafted yesterday on that Lions uh, last minute uh, Stafford pullout. Uh, you know, what is the NFL investigating him for that they never released his uh, health status? Uh, or, you know, obviously there's a lot of people upset about it. I know the Lions don't care. Uh, they will when the NFL finds them, uh, if they find them. What did you think of that? The, the last minute they pulled him, but they knew they knew he wasn't going to play. Why did they wait so long? 
Well, Stafford had apparently told others around the team on Saturday that he wasn't going to play. And so this is just another sign that things aren't quite right in Detroit, you know, whether it be trading a starting defensive back when you're apparently a contender or, or the way they've seemed to irk Darius Slay, their best defensive back left on the roster. Uh, Matt Patricia, a guy who, you know, sent his team out to practice in the snow when they had no outdoor games scheduled and playing a dome last year. They make some weird decisions and this might've been the worst one yet. You're right. It matters in terms of betting. Um, you know, obviously that's a huge part of the NFL makeup, the dynamics and the fan dynamics within this league. And, um, there's, you know, it, it also raises questions as to interest, as to, you know, the potential shady factor, even if that wasn't the intention of Patricia here, when you don't have honesty in terms of the injury report and at least integrity in terms of the injury report and the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the speed at which you report well, when a player is ruled out, it's going to raise questions. And now that gambling is illegal and, you know, more than, you know, about a dozen plus states throughout the United States, uh, that's a problem. And it's just one more step toward the NFL eventually, you know, inevitably it feels like at this point, having to be before Congress to answer uh, uh, to essentially the U.S. government regarding uh, their approach to regulate and to ensure that everything is above board in terms of the gambling industry. This, was, this, this could be one more step toward that. And you're right, the Lions will likely pay the price as a result. They have to tell uh, fans and betters uh, when a guy's not playing and they wait till five minutes before the game. And then I was sitting there on social media telling people run away from that game because Jeff Driscoll, Christ, my wife could have played better than him. I don't care what anybody says. Honestly, it was atrocious watching him. Uh, and let me ask you this question. Uh, Brad Gagne with us from Bleacher. What do you think of uh, the Browns? Not not that they uh, that they won that game because the refs handed it to them after that fumble, which is what it was. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to listen to it. it. Was a pass that was a shovel fumble on a handoff, which would have been a run, and he came back two yards to get it from the line of scrimmage. So they I knew they'd win the game after that crappy reversal. And then uh, the question is, do you think they can handle the Steelers defense on Thursday night? The game's in Cleveland. No, I mean, this is this is the worst possible scenario for Cleveland in terms of trying to follow up a win that might might be a chance for them to turn a corner. I think the Steelers' defense is as good as San Francisco's or New England's. Those are the two defenses get, that get the most credit right now. But you look at the way the Steelers take the ball away. I mean, four takeaways against the Rams, four two weeks before that against Miami. They've had at least three takeaways in every single game dating back to September, and they had five against San Francisco in the penultimate game of that month as well. They have been the most opportunistic defense in the NFL after a bit of a slow start when they struggled there against New England and Seattle in those first two weeks of the season. This is an entirely different team. Of course, Micah Fitzpatrick might be a defensive player of the year candidate after they traded for him. Uh, obviously, they've gotten even more production out of Devin Bush at the linebacker position as a rookie as he continues to emerge. And, and um, you know, TJ Watt looks like also a guy who could be uh, a future defensive player of the year playing his best football. So all three levels of the defense, just fantastic. They take the ball away and Cleveland is maybe the most mistake-prone offense in the NFL, um, at least right there with the Jets and Giants in that respect. So I don't trust Freddie Kitchen's offense or Baker Mayfield or any of the Cleveland Browns on short rest against that Steelers defense. I just think it's an awful matchup. And I got to tell you that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's been unbelievable since they got him in that deal. The guy's just coming up huge. Yeah, and we were, a lot of us, where I was, I'll admit it, I was criticizing the Steelers. I thought, man, you just gave the Dolphins 
like a top five, maybe a top ten at worst pick for a guy who hasn't really panned out thus far, and you know was a you know a middle first round pick essentially, and man, do they look genius for the move that they, I mean, now that's beginning to look like it might be a bottom half of the first round pick, the way Pittsburgh's playing and the schedule gives them an opportunity in the weak AFC to potentially win eight or nine games and even get into the playoffs. At which point you're looking at a bottom half first round pick for Miami for a guy who's playing like, he, you know, like a, a, again, like a pro bowler, like an all pro. And he's only in his second year, he's only 23 years old. So yeah, again, right away, you shouldn't judge trades. We probably shouldn't judge them, you know, seven, eight games in either. But we've got a heck of a lot more feel for it right now than we did two months ago or a month and a half ago when it went down. And it's beginning to look like a stroke of genius for the Steelers, who are somehow, some way, just hanging in, despite the fact that the offense isn't very good at all. I think he's been, actually, in my opinion, the best uh, D-back in the NFL in the last, whatever, four or five weeks, without a doubt. I mean, he's been scoring touchdowns, picks-offs, you know, done everything, taking uh, pick-offs to the house, scoring touchdowns. Making big game-ending uh, picks. I mean, the guys, he's stood out like no other. I have to ask you, Brad, I think the Kansas City uh, defense sucks. Yeah. Well, a question or statement, either way, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I want you to elaborate on what their problem is. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's a problem. It's a big problem in terms of their ability to stop the run, in terms of their ability to, stop, to not give up big plays. Um, one other thing is you can mask those issues when you get takeaways and the Steelers that's kind of the Steelers MO to an extent like they're not perfect on that side of the ball they still give up the odd big play they can still be had but they get so many takeaways that they compensate for those you know the 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 odd deficiency this team doesn't do that either they've got only two takeaways in their last four games on that side of the ball they've given up 23 plus points in three consecutive games now 31 two weeks before that the only real strong defensive game they've had practically all season was that Thursday night or against Denver um, it's just ugly and you throw in the injuries, you throw in that Mahomes, as much as he was very good in his return, um, hasn't been himself because he's been less than 100%. It just doesn't feel like the Chiefs' year. They made a lot of changes on that side of the ball in the offseason, but it, it, showed, it sort of felt like they were just running on a treadmill. Like, they, you know, you lose one guy, you bring in another guy that sort of feels similar. Uh, you know, D Ford out the door, Justin Houston out the Ford, door. I think they missed both, both of those guys. And, you know, they really haven't had the production that they would have liked. They would have had a Frank Clark who they paid big money for. So it just hasn't panned out for them this season. And it's pretty obvious at this point that Bob Sutton, the defensive coordinator, who essentially, uh, you know, uh, um, became the scapegoat for their problems last year, wasn't the entirety of the problem. What was the uh, feeling that you had on the uh, hit on Rodgers in the end zone? Because I thought that that was an absolute BS call. It was pathetic. And, of course, uh, you know, then everybody turned it into a national story that he caught the flag in the air, which is also ridiculous. Who cares? All I know is uh, that was a crappy call. I don't care what you say. And they got lucky. I mean, as usual, they're getting all the house calls. Yeah, and this well, it's just another example of this league being overly over officiated, and it's going to get to a point that you know, as much as we talk about the gambling and people are obsessed with this league and they're not leaving it behind, regardless of, of what direction it heads in, I think people are getting really tired of the penalties in this league, and especially the penalties pertaining to hits on the quarterback. And yeah, again, we're not at that breaking point yet, but this has been the most penalized season in NFL history in terms of yardage. And we're going to reach a point eventually where these hits just become so ridiculous in terms of the, the flags that they're drawing 
that folks are going to start to turn away because they're going to say like I you know I just don't trust that a game's going to be officiated to enough to an effective enough of an extent for me to trust the outcome or for me to feel like it's worth my money as a better or worth my money as a season ticket holder or as someone tuning in to NFL Red Zone on a Sunday. So uh, I think it's a big problem for the league. I think they need to find a way to rein in the officiating, but it's very difficult because they've gone in one direction entirely in terms of player protection and in particular quarterback protection. I got one minute respectfully. What do you think of uh, Jameis Winston? Do you think Arians and the Buccaneers are going to give him a new contract? I think they are. I think it would be a tremendous mistake, but I do think they're going to do it. I, I think that they, uh, they've developed something there where Arians believes he can, whether it's hubris or not, get something out of the guy. He still turns the ball over far too much, of course. 14 interceptions this season. He's far too inconsistent. And the quarterback carousel could be spinning next offseason. Like, there could be a lot of guys available that are better than Jameis Winston. But the way Arians is talking about him, he says there's a really good chance he could land a new contract. That was his quote from today. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he lands a deal there beyond just a franchise tag, you know, prove it deal with Tampa Bay. Great stuff tonight, Brad. Uh, the Niners just uh, got a strip fumble off of Wilson. The lineman recovered, then he fumbled. The Niners picked it up, scored, then had a two-point conversion. We got a game now, 21-18 Seattle in the fourth. Thanks for coming on the bench tonight, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Talk to you soon. All right, Brad Gagno, a Bleacher Report with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.